Welcome to The Five Things, This Week in Social. Each week, we search the entire pumpkin patch for the biggest and orangiest stories in social media to get you through the week ahead. Our new friend, Kane Fair, is here along with our newest friend, Stephanie Thule. Stephanie is an associate director of social and influencers at Gray Group's Tank. First up, Kane, hi, how are you? Joey, always a pleasure. How are you? I'm great. Kane, question for you. What beverage tastes like fall? Well, I just grabbed a cup of coffee on the way to the office, and it's quite crisp out, and I think that actually matches the weather perfectly. So I'm going to go with just a classic cup of coffee. Great. No pumpkin spice added to it? You know, if I'm feeling adventurous, I will, but today I just went classic. Love it. And Stephanie, same question. Are you a pumpkin spice person or is it apple cider for you? I'm not. And my answer was apple cider. Where I'm from in Michigan, there's cider mills every couple miles. It's the best. That's amazing. I love apple cider. I'm Joey Scarillo. But for me, for some reason, Earl Grey tea just tastes like fall. All right, friends, here are the five things. First up, Kane kicks us off with TikTok, who are making inroads towards still images. And Stephanie tells us about YouTube adding at handles. Next, Kane readies us on Reddit, who are ramping up ad targeting. Our fourth thing is Twitter swerving screenshots, and Stephanie will share that. And finally, Kane gets us into Instagram, adding a multiple link option. All right, friends, let's get into it. Kane, start us off with TikTok going still. Yeah, I think this one, we've been talking about this for quite a while, Joey. I think this is one that's really going to rustle some feathers, I think. So what happened recently is TikTok started adding a photo mode to allow their users to post still images. I'm just going to read a quote from this article that we have provided just because I think it so perfectly explains the situation. TikTok has slapped a proverbial glove across the face of Instagram in retaliation for Instagram copying all of its stuff. I just thought that was hilarious. And it's so true. The past handful of podcasts we've had, it's just been this battle back and forth between who can keep up with TikTok, how other channels are stealing other channels' capabilities and adding them to their own. So this update is essentially showing that in TikTok, where historically it's been video content only, has allowed and is currently allowing users to post still images. And it looks exactly like the Instagram carousel posts. If you look at the images that they're showing, I was actually taken back when I realized it was not Instagram. So this is allowing people to post photos. You can even add audio files to your photos. So as you're scrolling through the carousels, you can listen to an audio track that is corresponding to your photo. So as an update, you know, what I find interesting about this is it doesn't really make a lot of sense for TikTok historically. But what we've seen is TikTok is taking these opportunities to change the way that their platform is being run. I mean, last week, we talked about their ramp up of e-commerce. This week, we're talking about their addition of still images and carousels. For us and for creators, it's not necessarily going to hurt the platform. It's just a new avenue for us as creators and creative options to potentially enhance the overall offering of the app. I think the domination and the rise of these social channels copying each other and trying to mimic TikTok has really started to poke the bear, if you will. I think now TikTok is looking at what's happening on these other platforms and seeing the success of capabilities that other platforms have had that TikTok hasn't had and is starting to replicate that. So this might be the start of a big movement. I think this is a very interesting update will allow more creative output from creators that aren't looking to do only video content. But I guess the moral of the story is it's nice to be king. It's nice to be TikTok. Everyone's copying them and they have the opportunity to now add on to their features and functionality to steal 
some of those platforms best of. What an interesting predicament we are in here with TikTok. It, it's like a wild amount of strategic gymnastics happening here. Instagram goes towards videos. So TikTok says they're going to call their bluff. So Stephanie, I'm curious, if you look into your crystal ball, what does this mean for the platforms? Who do you think comes out on top? I think Instagram still holds you know, the top spot with this. I've experienced getting a carousel on TikTok and they just, they tried to replicate what Instagram was doing instead of making it their own. It doesn't take up the full screen. Because of that, I don't find it as interesting or as natural when I'm scrolling TikTok. It does feel like an add-on in a way. And it was interesting what you said, Kane, about keeping audio involved with the carousel. Can you talk a little bit about that experience? Right, so that's a differentiator factor, I think. And that's one that I believe TikTok does have the upper hand on. So as you're swiping through, let's just say five, seven photos, according to each photo, you're allowed to introduce a sound. It could be a music track. It could be one of TikTok's unique assets. Whatever it is, you can associate one of your photos or you're still images with an audio track where on Instagram, that's not an opportunity or that doesn't happen. So I think in a way that makes it a little bit more core to what TikTok is of a platform, but it is essentially the same exact update or same exact flow of how a user is uploading photos and scrolling through a carousel. Well, TikTok is also an audio platform, my friends. All right, let's jump into our second thing today. Stephanie, tell us about YouTube adding at handles. Don't at me, bro. Looks like everyone is taking inspiration from each other because YouTube has made a move to put them more in line with other social networks. They have added an at handle for channels. These handles serve as a unique identifier, which mirrors the function of a standard handle. It's the at, and when you click on it, it'll lead you to their page. All YouTube channels will have one. Your unique at handle will help people find and interact with you and your YouTube channel. Your handle will also function as a unique channel URL, providing another brand opportunity because up until now, custom channel URLs have only been available to creators with a hundred subscriptions or more. I think that this will generally better promote channels. But the most interesting part about it to me is that it's almost parallel with their rise of shorts. They want to help maximize shorts channel growth by making it easier to follow creators. And this will really help. I see another element that YouTube is looking to tackle with this as the rise of copycat channels. People create channels that look like popular YouTubers often by using the same channel name. This will also help with that. Kane, do you think this was something that creators were asking for? I think in order for YouTube to compete with the the rise of you know TikTok, Instagram, etc., they, they're going to have to give opportunity for the individual to create and the individual to get credit. I think while channels allowed it in some way, this is interesting because you can have a user that spans multiple channels that can create content for a variety of people that can still have its core profile that can highlight its content or his or her content. But yeah, I think they asked for it. I mean, there's no better way to get credit or create a following than to have the ability to have your name, your username be associated with pieces of content, agnostic of brand, agnostic of whatever you're making that content for. Yeah, absolutely. It's so interesting. I I hadn't thought about the copycat element of this. And so that's a really interesting point. Let's move on to Reddit. All right, Kane, tell us about Reddit ramping up ad targeting. So Reddit is an interesting one. We don't necessarily talk about it too much as an agency, but in the world that Steph and I work in, which is majority health and wellness, Reddit is actually a very big platform because it allows users to be anonymous, of course, and to share emotional feelings or 
um, authentic experiences in ways that don't associate them back to their name. So when I saw this update, it was actually one that I was very interested in. So what this is, is Reddit is rolling out new updates to its ad managers platform, which is inclusive of new targeting and creation tools. So as Reddit is continuously developing its ad business and providing more opportunities for ad partners, it announced that it is updating its ad manager platform, which will allow brands or make it easier for businesses to start campaigns and reach the appropriate target audiences that are active on Reddit. This includes an audience manager profile, an opportunity to highlight post library, or you can store all of your creative in one area. You can edit your ads as an advertiser. You can also update your performance estimates from a budget perspective or a click estimate that you're trying to get. But all is to say the Reddit communities that you know we have used or I have seen or I have been a part of are highly engaged. These, these individuals turn to Reddit often and to the point of obsessiveness. So when we're able to hyper target these individuals talking about a very specific content type or a content topic, it really does help brands and products reach their target audiences. So of course, Reddit covers a variety of and broad range of topics and the ability to allow brands and, and marketers to hyper target and get into those conversations more effectively with greater capacity and really be able to reach the right people in the app allows us to turn to Reddit more often as a way to target users that maybe Reddit hadn't been used so in the past. So I think this experiment is not active just yet. It's going to be launched in 2023. But I think one thing to note is as marketers, maybe we have pushed Reddit aside, I would consider readdressing or reconsidering Reddit as an opportunity. And they're also handing out free advertising credit as this goes live so that they can prove the worth of this platform update. Interesting. And what a great way to engage with marketers again and give them some incentives. Stephanie, if you were a marketer or a social media manager, what tool here do you think you'd be most excited about? I see the updated performance estimates as being really helpful. This is because, as Kane mentioned, marketers don't always consider Reddit as a primary channel, but it does have such a great opportunity, especially for community-based messaging. So those performance metrics can only help sell this into brands as a useful and connectable platform. Kane, you mentioned that in your work, what you do, you really go deep on Reddit. What are some of the ways and what are some of the things you're looking for when you're working on Reddit? Yeah, so the, the nature of business that we're in, for the most part, is... Oftentimes, the conversations that are happening oftentimes aren't ones that you necessarily want to be tied to your personal profile because they are emotional and they are raw. You know, we're dealing with people that have specific diseases or or health issues, and they're not often the types of conversations you want to be having on your Facebook page or your Instagram handle because, you know, you're your family and your friends are following you and you don't want to be asking questions because they could be tied back to your, your personal profile. So they're turning to Reddit and creating anonymous profiles, which is the, the nature of Reddit themselves and finding these communities of people that are going through similar situations or have answers to their questions and are asking them these really detailed and highly emotional questions that they feel more confident and comfortable asking in these Reddit communities. So we go to them and we look to Reddit oftentimes to get that raw, that emotional reality behind some of these conversations that that maybe other social platforms can't tap into. And because of this update, which is super interesting, is not only do we learn from them or 
we can identify areas that they're at. Now we have the opportunity to provide them resources potentially or give them information or educate them further through content that we can place more effectively on these platforms. Yeah, I, I love Reddit. I've increasingly grown more and more into it over the last couple of years. It was definitely something that I personally didn't use too often, but now I find that it's a great way to connect with different communities and especially in cases like you said, right, where you don't want to talk about these things publicly or in some cases where you, you really don't have any friends IRL who have this who have the same interests as you. Reddit is a great way to to find your community out there. All right, Stephanie, let's jump over to Twitter, who are swerving screenshots. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Screenshots of tweets are a really popular way to share tweets with friends or post them on your social accounts. In fact, as someone who spends more time on TikTok and Instagram rather than Twitter, I say it's how I personally see most tweets off the platform. Twitter has even spoken on this, saying that millions of tweets are shared from Twitter to other platforms every day. But when people are consuming tweets through screenshots, they're not actually interacting with any element of the site. So it's most likely that they are not monetizable users as the social network can't show them ads or ask them to sign up for the service. But Twitter is now sharing a pop-up to many users when they take a screenshot, asking them to copy the link and share it that way. In doing this, I see Twitter as actually attempting to make tweets even more accessible to everyone. If people use the link to share, then even when they share the tweet off the platform, it allows others an easy way back to the full conversation on Twitter. An interesting take on this is that there are platforms who already show if a screenshot was taken. Classically Snapchat, it's been tested on Instagram, and was recently announced for WhatsApp. I see a missed opportunity in all of this. And I wonder if the platforms would benefit instead from showing screenshots as a metric. Yeah, absolutely. I was curious, Kane, do you think this is more of a feature for us or a feature for Twitter? Twitter. We, we're not benefiting much from this one at all. <laughs> it's just another pop-up on our screen. We've figured out how to share our tweets just fine. And a lot of the times they're in a screenshot. It may not be the most effective way to share it. I understand why they're pulling this pop-up through and giving us a more seamless opportunity to share these. But it is definitely a Twitter update for the benefit of Twitter. I get it. They're trying to pull more users in to be active users versus these users that are consuming content not necessarily on their platform. So they're trying to ramp up their active daily users. So I, I understand where it's coming from, but this is an internal data play versus an external experience play. Yeah. Speaking of the screenshots too, Be Real also does that where they'll notify the person if you take a screenshot of their picture. But I guess conversely, one positive side to this would be when it comes to accessibility, if somebody could click on a link, then you would imagine that the text could be read back to them versus not being able to do that in a screenshot unless there's some technology that I don't know about. Speaking of screenshots, we should take one and post it on our LinkedIn. And then if you listen to this, you can go engage with it and like it on LinkedIn. See, if Twitter can do it, so can we. <laughs> All right, friends, let's get into our fifth and final thing of the day. Kane, tell us about Instagram adding a multiple link option. Instagram just announced that's expanding a test of multiple links for user bios. So it's been testing this for a while, but Instagram has really expanded the access to a new option which enables creators and brands and individuals to add multiple links to their Instagram bio as a way to potentially help expand their business building potential in the app. So where does this live? If you know Instagram profiles well, there's that one single opportunity currently to add a link to your profile. But right next to that, you'll start to see a call out that says and one other or and two other. 
others that indicates there's an additional URL to be tapped on. So if you tap on that, this will give you a pop-up and it really highlights multiple URLs providing the capacity to drive additional traffic to more resources direct from your Instagram presence. So it's not clear at this stage from what I can read how many links you're actually going to be able to add there. But this idea is really to negate the value of these third-party tools that have been popping up. The most active one that I've seen is Linktree. We've used that on multiple brands. I've seen that on influencers' profiles, etc. Linktree was the kind of the go-to source to add multiple links to your profile, which many Instagram users now utilize and they're adding extra links to their bio. But obviously, Instagram saw that and wants to keep it all internal. So they've added this capability or will be adding this capability for users to add multiple links. There's no official information on who currently has access. It has been rolled out to certain users. So it's possible that you see it across your feed, though it does feel, in my opinion, a little unfinished. The main display URLs aren't necessarily the most beautiful thing. So I'd assume they update the UI UX around this. But either way, I think it's a pretty valuable addition. I, I like this update, especially when we work with brands. There's oftentimes campaign assets, sales, product highlights, etc. that we're constantly showing in our feed. And if we give users the ability to go to a list of links to find specific pieces of content they want to dig deeper into, I think that's an amazing opportunity for brands. And it just allows us to drive more traffic from our Instagram presence, as we know, be in an organic piece of content, you can't link out to anything. So this is really our only spot to have hyperlinked content. And if it's not an ad, this is going to be where it's going to live. So I love it. I think it's a great opportunity for brands influencers, etc. Yeah, but come on, Instagram. Do you really have to go after poor little link tree? They're trying. They're doing so great. My question for you, Stephanie, is do you see any potential conflicts of interest here for Instagram being able to link out to other websites? Not immediately. I agree with Kane that especially as a marketer, it gets troublesome to have to ask whether it's an influencer or even the brand whose page you're hosting to keep changing the URL because you have a specific campaign going or whatever it is. URLs are always changing. And now it's nice that we can add multiple. Kane, what do you think? Same question. I agree with Steph entirely, but I think there might be some cross promotion happening that Instagram might not be the happiest with. For example, we often have communities that we run that have a very big Facebook presence where those users go to Facebook oftentimes for specific reasons. And then we also have an Instagram page and a LinkedIn page or what have you, an ecosystem of social channels. So if brands are using this link out opportunity on Instagram to highlight their LinkedIn page or highlight their TikTok handle, I do think that it might get a little muddy for the benefit in Instagram's eyes. However, I still think it's a positive benefit for brands across the board. As Steph mentioned, we update links weekly, daily, monthly, whatever it is for the brand. But if we have opportunity to highlight multiple, I think it's only going to be a plus for the user's experience as well as the brand experience. Well, that's great. And it sounds like this will be a great new tool for all of our social media manager friends out there. All right, friends, if you don't already, be sure to follow us, share us, review us, like us or write to us with your questions, comments, concerns, points of interest or complaints. Or if you just want to send us a thing to talk about, we're open to that too. You can do all of that by emailing us at podcasts at gray.com. Of course, I want to thank Kane and Stephanie. And as always, thanks to Danielle Hunt, Amanda Fuentes and the crew at Gramercy Park Studios behind the scenes. And finally, thank you, listener. We'll see you next week. And in the meantime, be social. The Five Things are written and researched by the Social and Connections team at Gray New York. 
produced by Joey Scarillo and Danielle Hunt. Mixed at Gramercy Park Studios by Guy Rosemarin and Amanda Fuentes, with post-production support from Ned Martin. Additional support by John Jenkinson, Christina Hyde, and Liz McGovern. Gray is a global creative agency whose mission is putting famously effective ideas into the world. Check out more at gray.com.